This is the Critics Cast. Hello, every ch- hello, children. Welcome. Welcome to episode 142 of the Crease Cast. Um, we were going to have really good news, really positive vibe. Lachlan and Jacob, our producer, who's not here with us right now, they were going to record an off the post episode for our Patreon subscribers, and then the system crashed. Yep, and then sure did right after we recorded 40 minutes of a uh, bonus podcast content. So that was fun. And then we were going to talk about uh, the Canucks game against the Kraken. And then Jonah Gadjevich got claimed by San Jose. And then before we could even settle the notes and just talk about the Kraken game and the Oilers game and Gadjevich, uh, some, some code stuff broke out at the end of the Oilers game Jeez. in which for whatever reason, Zach Cashin and Zach McEwen decided to drop the gloves at the end of a preseason game. Keep in mind, preseason game. Decided to drop the gloves because for whatever reason, Zach McEwen got in the grill of Mike Smith, known spaz Mike Smith, and they needed to fight to settle the score. Both took off their helmets. Some punches were thrown and even scrap. And then... Uh, like most fights do, they both fell to the ice and Zach Cashin fell headfirst onto the ice. Fortunately, he got up under his own power with the assistance of the doctors and training staff and was escorted off of the ice. So was Zach McEwen and kind of put a huge damper and tainted the entire outcome of the game. It wasn't a great game to begin with, but man, did it end even worse. They just found a way to make it even worse. Yeah, so full disclosure, I had the game on in the background, but I was busy setting up my new writer's laptop, one that was built in this century. The one Um, good thing that uh, that the one good thing part of today was that was it. That was it was Cody getting a new laptop. That's the that's the best news of the day. You know, what's funny is like so last night I got to sleep in because I had to drive Roxy to her other office and in this dream where I was having this wonderful sleep, getting to getting almost seven and a half hours, which I haven't done in maybe 10 years. uh, I had a scary dream, also like a funny dream, but I had dreamt that you Lachlan were at the Abbotsford training camp and you were tweeting out all these one-on-one interviews with like, every single player the coaching staff it was so great it was so like professional and like you had you would like like thousands of likes on every tweet and i'm on my phone in bed and i'm scrambling and panicking because i'm like oh my god i slept in i forgot that today was the abbotsford canucks camp and so I was like, I need to get to Abbotsford and I don't have my laptop yet. I don't have my outfit. Everything's going wrong. And then I woke up and it was fine. But I was like, oh, no, am I going to dream that I oversleep training camp every day? It's going to be so for terrible the next, for the next like three days. Yeah. Yeah. But then today uh, I got my laptop. I went to the mall and got myself my sports blazer and writer's nice. outfit. Oh, yeah. oh my I god! Went, I'm excited. I I, I, I'm good. I'm excited to see picks. This is gonna I, be great. I am. I'm really excited for my outfit. It's the first outfit I've like bought since like I don't know, <laughs> like three it's, years ago or something. Like a really nice yourself, outfit. 
You're treating yourself because you're going out there. You got you're stepping out for your to, big business business meetings. I needed some some variety and options to the wardrobe. I can't show up to like, you know, every like game day skate and the same thing, or else you'll be that guy. So I needed Are, some options. Oh uh, yeah, you don't want to be me. You don't want to be me showing up <laughs> in the same suit. I I have different shirts. I have different shirts. I have different three, shirts. Is I, okay. I have different shirts. I have three ties, but basically it's the same jacket pants combo usually. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I am in the same boat where I think I have two different sets of pants and but my big issue is I have a really nice like like pea coat and it goes with anything, but I don't have like a blade like like a sports jacket. And no, those are you really got, hard to get. No, you got the suit. You got like the full suit. I'm sure obviously yeah. you you're you're married, you've done the whole wedding thing, so you have yeah. that probably <laughs> on hand. But like I should, yeah, I should so show up in Roxy's wedding dress, I think. Yes, that is very, that is the correct. That's how you make an impression. It's a great, you're making a meet. They will never forget you. You guarantee that. (laughs) I think I told you, I I can't remember if we recorded this on the episode, but I was like, um, I'll start shaving my head. Like every time I go to like a practice or like a game day skate. So like chunks of my hair will just start like slowly migrating and so that I'll just be remembered by the players and the coaching staff as like the guy who's going through like a serious crisis <laughs> in his <Jesus>. life. <laughs> but anyway, God. that's enough about my midlife crisis. Uh, I, I mean, hopefully not mid. I'm only 31. No, so no you got time. You got, you, got a, you got at least a few good years left. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> 35 or 40. Yeah, what, two, two, four, maybe. <laughs> uh, anyways, folks, um, first game. That we're going to cover because we'll get into the gadget thing because i'll probably go on a couple tangents so let's let's get into the the nitty-gritty the game stuff first yeah canucks have lost i think now three in a row including tonight's loss to the oilers but the first game that happened since our last episode which we recorded on monday uh the canucks played against the seattle kraken which was a very much an nhl roster it was still the same kind of Canucks lineup where it was mostly guys competing for jobs. Uh, we saw Luke Shen again. We saw you Levy again, Rathbone in every single preseason game. Like the Canucks are trying to get their money's worth out of him. They need, they're desperate to see if he's going to be someone they can keep around on the NHL roster. Um, who else was in like Carson folked put yeah. facility pod Colson was in it. Justin Dowling played a lot. Justin Dowling played was very, very well good. too. Um, yes. Unfortunately, you were there. For, I was. Unfortunately, least, I was uh, there. Yes, <laughs> you were there. It was. It was cheap, though. It was. You know, yeah, it wasn't so, bad. Yeah. But it it was like one of the most boring games. To watch. It, was, it was. It was. It was like pulling teeth. It really was. I went down there uh, to uh, basically actually to do a school project. I was not intending to go actually into the game. I was go. I was down there to do like a uh, a project for a. Uh, for one of my classes essentially and it was like mm-hmm. i was doing it based on what was going on outside the arena particularly in terms of like the COVID protocols they had in yeah. place at the game and, and whatnot uh found a ticket literally right before puck drop for for like 25 bucks uh quickly ran quickly bought it ran across the street to costco for a hot dog and then nice. ran inside nice. uh and yeah it was uh I, I guess if i were if i were a if i were a less uh a less professional hockey writer i would I would say that that game was done the minute Vince Dunn scored. Uh, oh. scored. Uh, but uh, that, but I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I'm not going to say that. Uh, 
<laughs> Only uh, a hack yeah. writer would tweet that out. No, God, I, I did tweet you done goofed. That was I was very proud of that one. That's pretty good. Um, that was pretty good. Um, it was uh, it was yeah, very much pulling teeth. The the game was it was very much a case of like just the Canucks could not keep up. They had a couple good plays, like they had a couple players yeah. who were making a big impact. The problem mm. was most of the team just was not there. Like I was watching like Zach McEwen and Kyle Burrows and Sheldon Dries and all of these Carson guys. So I'm just like Carson Vogt. Yeah. Just yeah. Well, actually Vogt looked okay. Like he was fine. Yeah. He actually did okay. Mm. Um, But like so many guys where I'm just like, oh man, they have, they're not doing anything out there. They're just yeah. kind of treading water and hoping for the best. It was a, uh, mm. it was rough. It was rough to watch. Yeah, I, I think I tweeted it because I've been clipping most of... I've pretty much clipped every single preseason game except for tonight's against the Oilers because I was like, you know, it's a good way to build, like, get followers. You know, people can then follow the AHL coverage that I provide on my own site, ahlnuxharvest.com. Um, <laughs> and so I was clipping that game, and at like like at the very end, I was like, how did I get 44 clips out of this game? Because I remember that <laughs> nothing really happened. There were some really good standout, like, like the little things that like you like to see in prospects and in players. But otherwise it was just like nothing was happening at yeah. all. Teams penalty kill just looks completely horrific and it didn't get any better against the Oilers. Power play mm-hmm. wasn't doing anything like the most exciting thing that came from that game was Vasily Podkolzin doing a little a deke on Mark Giordano and almost putting in a Forsberg goal on was, uh, Chris Dreger or uh, Grubauer. Yeah, like, Grubauer. He that's looked great. Like that sh- like but Colson looked awesome in that game and that mm-hmm. that play where he deked out Giordano went right to the front of the net and it just dribbled by the post. I I for a crowd of uh, 50% capacity if even yeah. that really for a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they that was loud. Like it got loud in there for a second. It sounded like a full building for a second. Like I, yeah. it was you like just hoping, just hoping it would roll in. It came so close. You see the replay <sighs> of it just, it, just dribbling. Uh, he he looked so much better. Like I, I there's already been like the conversation about um if he's gonna end up say playing ahl games to get reaccustomized to north america to get uh, accustomed to north america no nah, he's good he doesn't need it i don't yeah think. i yeah he does enough like little things or at least in the last two games he's done enough little things and his two-way iq is like really high end that you can kind of forgive like the lapses where he doesn't really seem certain of what to do next because that certainty of what to do next isn't really there with anyone else competing for a a forward spot right now. Like Will Lockwood, he plays like a wrecking ball, but you can tell he has like a lot of uncertainty of what to do with the puck, especially in the defensive zone. Uh, Justin Bailey, same thing. Zach McEwen, like for sure, certainly. Um, Sheldon drives like the list goes on and on. Like the forward group, just like it's a lot of guys who aren't sure of what to do with their role or with the puck, but yeah. pod Colson is going to gain more because he, even though he's got that uncertainty, he pretty much understands both, both sides of the ice. And for that reason alone, I like before I was definitely on team, like maybe he maybe. should just start in the AHL. But now that I've seen like what he's capable of when he's playing at his 
best and it's not even his best. He will improve as the season goes on. Yeah. But in the sense that his ceiling is better served learning under the NHL against like the actual legit players than say in the AHL. Cause these guys who aren't really certain in how to be handling the puck in certain situations, they can do that in the AHL better than they can do it in the NHL because their ceilings aren't nearly as high as, say, a Pud Colson. So, yeah, that his, was it for the, his, for the upsides. <laughs> yeah, his his uh, the thing that I, I explained that when I was talking about this recently, the way I put it was like the what we always kind of forget sometimes when we're talking about, you know, guys getting reaccustomed to like that faster pace of play or at least uh, sometimes maybe say fans and like you know, sometimes media too, is that Mm -hmm. we're not just talking about like quick feet and being able to win puck battles and stuff. We're talking about literally being able to like rewire your brain essentially to make decisions faster and make it even more, um, an even shorter, like split second, make the right decision because that's how much more, less time you have against Mm -hmm. AHL or NHL players. And you're seeing put calls and get clearly much more comfortable with that timing and that and those de- and that decision making, like it's still got a, like you said, it's still got a ways to go. He's still getting mm-hmm. accustomed to it. But even just like there were certain plays where McEwen gave them a very quick puck, I believe, like in the first period against Seattle uh, on the short side. Not a not an easy place to get a shot off. Not yeah. an easy place to put. The, to certainly not an easy place to score. And he got a shot off very quickly right into Grubau. Like it hits, goes right into Grubau, right in the chest. Like it's a clearly a, you know, eh, it wasn't going to go in, but like mm-hmm. Grubauer bobbles it a little bit. It's one of those things where you can see though, like Norm earlier in the preseason, I don't think he even takes that shot. He yeah. kind of maybe he skates the around the net. He either look, yeah, right. He either looks for the pass or he goes behind the net and tries to like center back up to the defense or something. Yeah. Soon you'll get to the point where that shot will come, that opportunity will come. And instead of just showing it right into the dead center, he's going to start picking corners or a uh, short side. And that's once you start to see that, you know, he's starting to get a little bit better, a little bit better. It just, yeah. it's over time. It's going to build up into the player that we want. Yeah. He, he looked good tonight against the Oilers too. Like he really, when we say he looks good, we're not being like, Oh man, he's scoring points. He's, he's elite. like, he's putting he's on dangles. Gonna, like, like He's relatively speaking, yeah, like relatively speaking, like he had a pretty like un- uninspiring game. But because, you know, he's like a 20 year old kid, like having like an uninspiring game is OK, because at least he's keeping up and doing some things in the third period. Like, yeah. whatever, you'll take that. He's 20 years old. And if he has an uninspiring games, but does little things here and there, whatever. When it's yeah, like we- when it's like 26 year old like Justin Bailey or Sheldon dries and they have uninspiring games and then nothing happens and they don't do little things either. You're kind of like, okay, Why? I kind of get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially when there's a player who we'll get into pretty shortly here, who was doing a lot of little things right in preseason. Wasn't really given a leash, wasn't given a look and is now no longer part of the organization. Um, just, a before we get into that segment, Lachlan, do we want to okay. pour, pour one out for our boy, our a fellow or a listener of our program, longtime listener, not a first time caller, but longtime listener, Chris Faber. <laughs> Can the Canucks do this guy a favor? I mean, he has been giving some of the best goddamn coverage of their prospects since he hopped on the scene some three, four years ago. Very and true. 
every single guy that he gets tremendous interviews out of where they are brutally honest and not the typical canned answers. Like he gets so much out of these guys. And I swear to God, everyone he doesn't get canned answers out of gets traded or moved on from in the organization. Can they just give Chris Faber a break? He's doing I'm Jack so Rathbone. Much work. I am looking over my I'm, shoulder right now. I'm like, mm, where's that trade to Chicago coming? Uh-oh. If, if I am Jack Rathbone or Aiden McDonough or Victor Parson, I am deleting Chris Faber and You're David like, Quadrelli from it, my it, phone book. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> it's not you. It's just I really would like to play in Vancouver, and I think they don't want me to talk to you. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a whole board. There's like a board in Jim Benning's office that <laughs> yeah. just has Faber's face on it, and they're just like, there's like the strings, like all yeah, pointing out the, to the different players. It's the like, Charlie yeah. Day meme where he's like yeah. smoking, and he's like, he's talking to these guys. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, but yeah. Uh, sorry, man. Sorry, Faber. That that Top really sucks. Top like, Ram. Yeah, I I will always look forward to the interviews you do do complete with prospects that do remain part of the Canuck systems in the future. Uh, we just, we're going to, we're pouring one out for you, like an electronic pour one out for you because yes. that obviously sucks for you to build such a good relationship with these players and get some really great content out of them and just see them given away in such a for nothing awful way. Like, all right, I guess we'll, let's just get into it. Like, let's just get into it. The cracking game gone. Gadjevich is gone. He's put he's on gone. waivers uh, alongside. Well, not alongside, but Danila Klimovich was sent to the AHL at the same time that Jonah Gadjevich was put on waivers. Uh, a, a lot of eyebrows were raised in that Seattle cracking game that you were in Lachlan because everyone was like, "Why isn't Gadjevich getting a look?" Yep. And it was revealed at that time he is now being put on waivers, and so the writing was I guess a kind of on the walls anyway. Like I guess the team just really didn't see a place for him. They didn't want to bother seeing if he could work in the chase on spot. They didn't want to see if he would do better than Nick Patan. Like they had their minds made up. Um, a lot of people were worried like Thomas Drance, I think pointed this out in either the van cast or one of his athletic pieces where he was like Axel Johnson Fialbi of the Washington Capitals got claimed by Buffalo and Johnson Fialbi has terrible AHL numbers like relative to Gadjevich. They're awful. So that right there said there is a reason to believe that Gadjevich will get claimed if he's put on waivers. And sure enough, he's reunited with former Canucks property, Jonathan Dolan, <laughs> your boy. Yeah, my 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 one of like two boys I have talked to in the Canuck organization in the last however many years it's been. God, I've been at this for too long. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, he's going to San Jose. He's gonna get a lot of op- he's gonna get at least some good opportunities probably on the NHL team because they're not good. I although yeah. I will say I saw I don't know if you saw uh moneypuck.net, I want to say dot net. Um they do like the 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 playoff wheel or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe I'll pull it up in the meantime. They did like the playoff odds of like it and then like every like tier it goes down like win win the yeah. first round, win the second round, win third a cup to the cup, yeah, win right? The cup. Uh they have the sharks uh with a higher percentage than the Canucks. And I was like, <sighs> hmm, I don't know where like I I know the Canucks aren't great, but I do not trust your uh, math on that. I would check that again because the sharks are not good. They're not a good team right now. They're really not good. I mean, maybe the money puck thing is 
bouncing on like a, a bounce back from like Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and Vlasic maybe. And well, maybe Hughes without Martin Jones. They have no, go- well, they don't really have any goaltending. They have uh, who, I don't even know. I honestly, it's James Aiden. Reimer and Aiden Hill, I think. Yeah. Is their goaltending tandem? Like they're not a good, they are not a strong team right now. No. And like, good, I mean, first things first, good things. He's already talked about Hurdle wants out. Yeah, I mean, he's their only trade bait they really have, and I guess him and uh, Timo Meyer. Yeah, that's it. That's all they got. That's really yeah. it. Um, but it's good thing. Like, kudos to Jonah Gadjevich. Obviously, a team valued him enough to be like, yeah, we want to try him out on our NHL roster because that's the only reason you're claiming guys is you think they have yeah. a space on your NHL roster for opening night. So yeah. he's gonna get a look. He's gonna get greater opportunity with them than an organization who's, I guess, kind of they gave up on him. Really? Yeah, I guess. Oh, that reading people being like, oh, you don't need guys like Gadjevich because they signed a bunch of depth pieces. Like, do you understand how like roster construction works? Like and asset management, asset management, recouping assets, long term planning. Yeah. Do you not that understand was, that? <laughs> yeah, that that was the thing that boggled my mind. And I talked about this on Lockdown earlier today was the idea that it was, it's not necessarily even about the player. Because it's like a lot of people were like, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, Gadjevich wasn't going to move the needle. It wasn't going to make a huge difference whether he mm-hmm. was on this team in the in the lineup or not. So is it really that big a deal? Probably not. Yeah, sure. In the, yeah. From, in the roster side of things, it didn't make that much of a difference. The right. problem is that this was a guy who apparently multiple teams put a claim on, according to, to Drancer. He, multiple teams want yes. work, put a claim in for Gadjevich, which means that there was trade, which means there was value for him. Like there was mm-hmm. clear in trade theory, value for him in theory. You the could have moved him flipped him for like an, I mean, they need a right shot defenseman. Yeah. Maybe there's or, something out there. Hell, you could move him for a seventh rounder for all I yeah. care. It could be nothing. Any- like it could be very basically nothing, but it's better than what they did here where instead of say like, again, and I I feel like I've been singling out Zach McEwen a lot here lately because he's kind of a guy who has been very underwhelming in these, in these, uh, in the preseason. He has not Mm. really, there is no reason for him to be on this team. Like the big one, the big thing that was talked about with Gadjevich is he doesn't kill penalties. They don't have a need for him because he doesn't kill penalties. Neither does McEwen. McEwen no. doesn't kill penalties either, and he did less, and he's done yeah. less for the Canucks in the last, however, in the la- in the last couple of weeks than Gadjevich has. So mm-hmm. why on earth would they drop? Why on earth wouldn't they try sending him down and hoping he doesn't get claimed rather than your former second round pick? Whether or not that's his value anymore, uh, if he's valued at a second round pick as it is, mm-hmm. you should at least give him a better shot than a uh, what two preseason one nhl game and two preseason games like what is what's the point why why did you invest five years in him yeah uh this definitely becomes like a multiple things can be true at the same time type situation where i don't think anyone like me in particular like i had a lot of tweets about it where i'm sure like someone read my opinions on it as this guy thinks gadjevich isn't like a top six or top nine NHL. It's like, no, I think at his peak, Jonah Gadjevich might be a decent enough fourth line contributor. If he hits and he plays to the best he possibly can. And if he takes an extra step in his skating or whatever that is like me saying 
I think it's dumb to put him on waivers and lose him for nothing is a critique of the overall process, which is pretty much why I got into hockey writing in the first place was questioning why the process was so strange. You didn't trust the process. I did not trust the process. Uh, Someone should have a podcast title. Don't trust the process. Um, That's a great idea. But I started writing about the comments because I was like, why are players like Lucas Yashik and Jonathan Dolan and Petrus Palmu, Jonah Gadjish, Colin, why are these guys getting scratched? So a guy like Brendan Woods or, you know, Jagger Dirk or Reed Gardner names that anyone listening to this has no idea who the fuck I'm talking about. You know why? It's because they're AHL or ECHL plugs who eventually moved on to, you know, the German elite league or whatever. They didn't actually matter in the grand scheme of the organization, but were kept around because they valued or prioritized depth or guys with experience. And Jonah Gadjevich was brought in, had a brutal rookie season, as did Cole Lind. So did Jonathan Dolan to a lesser extent, at least at 5v5. And now here we are, three years later, and the same questions are arising. Jonah Gadjevich was deemed expendable by the organization because he couldn't penalty kill relative to the guys they recently signed over the summer. So the question remains, why then did the farm team or the Canucks never mandate that this guy who clearly projects as a bottom six forward, why was he never tried on the penalty kill in the AHL? They did it with Justin Bailey. They did it with Zach McEwen. They did it with Lucas Yashik. They did it with all these guys. Yeah, they did it with all these players, except for the guys who projected most to be guys you would want in the bottom six on the penalty kill. And so it all screams to me like missed opportunity and a question of team philosophy. Because as you know, Lachlan, how many times did we talk about Jake Vertanen last year? Yep. Where a guy who was given opportunity after opportunity to prove himself as an NHLer through and through in the top six on the first through line with Pedersen, with JT Miller, just constantly did nothing, showed up to yep. multiple training camps out of shape, did nothing with the opportunities given. Did to nothing him. to earn that trust or that or that uh, those opportunities. Frankly, exactly. Didn't do any penalty killing. Only did power play and got basically spoon fed everything in this league because of his draft position. Now there's a t- 2017 second rounder, which well, like not a very high pick, but still a second rounder, which carries a lot of weight in this league. He. Struggles in his first year, skating picks up, picks up again, picks up even more this past offseason where he comes into this preseason camp is arguably one of the top seven or top nine best forwards in the Canucks camp. And you in for a team that prioritizes and says they reward work ethic and oper- or give opportunity to guys that show they've done the work in the offseason, they give him two games and then send him packing one of those games he got a goal both games he got a goal he was a point per game in the preseason and he totaled and he totaled 16 minutes of ice time eight minutes per game and he was playing with matthew highmore as his center in one of them and in the second one he was playing with an ahl signee and another a like nhl like kid like carson folk or whatever it was like kids that 
arguably will have less of an NHL shot than he will. And this is a kid who clearly put in the work in the offseason. So what does it say to your organization when someone does put in the work and does earn themselves a shot and you say no because we didn't ever train him how to do something? Yeah. Like, it's shooting yourself in the foot. It is the Hannibal Buress meme. It is the hot dog costume guy meme. It's just, how could Jonah Gadjevich not learn penalty killing? And is the Canucks holding the gun (laughs) with the caption on it saying, we do not teach our young rookie prospects how to penalty kill if we don't want them to. No, It's baffling to me. And sitting here and critiquing the process and the long-term planning isn't me saying Gadjevich is going to be this bonafide NHLer who's going to make the Canucks rue the day. He could play no. five games next year and then bounce out to the like the KHL or whatever. It'd be an AHL lifer. It, it's about the process, which is something we've been critiquing since we started podcasting together, which is yeah. what is the plan? What does this team believe in? Because constantly they go back on their own statements and philosophies. And this is another one. And unfortunately it happened with just one more preseason game left in the schedule. Team looks like complete shit. (laughs) And it's it's rough. It's rough out here. And some of the forwards they kept over Gadjevich haven't done anything with their opportunities. Yeah. And that's the most frustrating part. Some of them have. Some of them have done quite well. Like Justin Dowling's done well. Philip DiGiuseppe has looked very good as a as a bottom six guy. Yeah. Uh, but like then there are guys like yeah, like McEwen, McEwen like Highmore, Patan, like, like Patan. Yeah, it's like these guys. Like, who- here, okay, uh, I'll I'll explain. So Patan's gotten the points, but like honestly, he's just a passenger. He's playing in the top nine or top six with like he's the playing in a spot best that he would not be playing with on the opening night roster if he made yeah. it. He, He'd be playing with Dowling and DiGiuseppe, if anybody. And when he was in the top six with like Besser and Miller as like a trio, or I think it was Hoglander and Horvat, whoever it was, whatever Hoglander role it was, Besser, I believe, yeah, something like that. He still didn't score at five v five, right? He only scored on the power play. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's crazy? So tonight in the Oilers game, which the Canucks of course lost, um, Mike Smith almost scored a goal in the final. Uh, waning seconds of the game and if Mm -hmm. he did i think he would have outscored like seven of the canucks forwards in preseason (laughs) something like that i mean the one thing batan had going for him tonight was that he had shots he had the second most shots on the team with uh he was tied with put for five with five six went to petterson like that's a it's that's not nothing but like Mm -hmm. at the same time it's not you know if he's not going to be on your bottom four. Like he can't, he's also not a penalty killer. He's also yeah. not like your special team guy. Ch- and certainly those positions will be there for him. Yeah. Um, the positions that he is best for are not mm-hmm. going to be there once the regular season actually gets underway. Yeah. So kind of like, what are you like, what are you doing there? Like, yeah. I, and he's certainly not, and I don't think he's getting claimed either. It's, it's again, it's always about the, it's not so much about losing Gadjevich as as a player as much as it is the well, why did you lose him? Why mm-hmm. why was he what was why was he the one that him? was left exposed over say these other guys? And it's so that, soon too. And like what was what was the rush to to losing him today? Like the, why the, not like 
what did it kill them before... to leave him as the 13th forward and like use him once on an injured like in in a in an injury replacement for somebody yeah. like a high like a high more or you know tyler mott's obviously out right now like why couldn't he have played or, one other NHL game and gotten or a preseason game and given a shot? Why did he have to get cut now? Or like, I mean, starting rosters don't need to be in for, for like another, another week. Yep. So you had there was no like rush to throw him on waivers. You could have waited for the rush when there's like everybody's you know, 70 going on waivers players on waivers yeah. and he might skate through. So to me, this is just them being like. We they don't, don't even think want to entertain the idea of him maybe becoming something. Just get rid of him. They that's very Travis it was, Green thing, right? Like that's Travis Green saying, "I'm never going to trust him or care to to give him an opportunity. I'd rather give Alex Chieson sheltered five v five minutes and power play time over this kid." Which is honestly like alarming. It's, it's an indictment of Travis Green's coaching style. Like I think Travis Green can be a very good coach, but some of his player personnel decisions, like I do not understand. And this is one of them. And again, yeah. when I say this, it isn't because I think Gadjevich is going to be like an elite no. NHLer. It's just, it's the just principle. the, it's the, it's the, like, I, it's the, it's the, it's the idea that like, I don't know how you can decide uh, how good a player is going to be in your system or your like, or on this roster based on two games and five mm -hmm. minutes in one NHL game. Like the Sharks could play him in only two NHL games this year, and it would still be a bigger shot than the Canucks gave him. Yeah, and that's, exactly. That's it. Like, that's yeah. not a lot. Two games is not a lot in an 82-game no. season. It's a yeah. very it's a very small percentage of the year. Of the year. The Canucks mm -hmm. could have very easily given that to him and then said, well, it's not working. What's, it's not a fit. Oh, well, yeah. that happens. It's yeah. just the fact that they didn't really they didn't bother to share or try and, they, yeah. and with other but they have all the time in the world for other guys who arguably didn't necessarily warrant it and that's yeah it's frustrating it's very frustrating yeah. that's tough to see it, yeah it's but like man especially like after the Oilers game tonight too you see like Chieson doing nothing you see McEwen just chasing doing nothing I'm worried it's, about Lockwood. Like, I'm worried about, like, as a guy who I think honestly should be on this team right now, if he's going to get that shot, like, if he's actually going to get that 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 spot on the on the team because he might not be a penalty killer or he might not be the fit there, which would yeah, be wild because he's he got wood. He got some pretty decent penalty kill time tonight, and I think his minutes were, I mean, they weren't bad. Like, they were okay. They were hot. Actually, holy shit. He, he, he had, had 60 minutes. minutes. He okay. might, he, he's, he's got a shot. He's got a shot to make it, but like, you know, like the second most, uh, penalty kill time of Nick Batan had the most ice time. That's wild That's... to me. Second, mo the second most was Pedersen in 1908. Uh, Nick Batan might make the team. Uh, no, JT Miller was first with 2010. Oh, am I missing some? Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah I'm looking in the wrong spot. Okay. So th okay. sorry. Nick it's still Batan pretty high though. Second. Nick Batan but still. was second. <laughs> I mean, by 30 seconds. It, I mean, here's the thing. Like when, once they get to the actual NHL roster, like that first line is going to be Besser Miller. Like, so that's why I don't understand the Patan look. Like Patan's everyone odd. in this league knows what Patan is, right? Yeah. He, fa he flamed out of the Jets organization because he could not fit in the bottom six. He fanned out of the Leafs organization because he was never going to get a look in the top nine. 
So it's going to be the same situation here. He's not going to yeah. fit in the bottom six. And there's, there's a very set nine here. There's a very yeah. set nine. So it's kind of like, why aren't you trying other people in that role? <laughs> maybe. I mean, it's very much a case it's, of, I don't know, maybe Travis, I guess maybe the, the thought is that Travis Green sees something in him that he feels he can bring to a fourth well, line. Because right now that fourth line is in theory, it's Patan with um, probably with uh, uh, either Chieson uh, or like Dowling and um, and Lockwood or DiGiuseppe. Mm -hmm. Like right. there's a couple guys in there that in that mix still that could very much make it in. And yeah. it's kind of weird that Patan is kind of the group that is the guy that's like kind of pulling away from the pack per se. This is um this is the benefit of reuniting with your coach from junior because Nick Patan has that Portland Portland Winterhawk connection. Maybe. Maybe Travis Green is going to try and undo whatever he did with Sven Berchi and ruining that relationship. And Nick Batan's his second chance. Thank you me. never know. But um, on the note of Zach McEwen, so obviously at the end of the game, he got in that scripted fight with Zach Cash and ended out or ended up ending up as bad as uh, a scripted fight could possibly go in the NHL. Um, I have a theory as to why he's getting such a long look, despite the fact he's looked pretty much just terrible in this preseason, mm -hmm. his second preseason in a row. So, okay. so last season, there was a lot of talk about how players like JT Miller, Bo Horvat, like a lot of these guys came out after and were like, we don't understand the team's direction. We don't understand some of the roster decisions, but it's out of our control, like whatever. But you heard it a lot in the athletic the van cast, basically just a lot of guys went to management after the end of last season and said, you know, you got to sign Tanner Pearson. He's beloved. We need him in the locker room, etc." Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking Zach McEwen is here for that same kind of reason, because Zach McEwen is very good friends with Thatcher Demko. They were roomies in Utica. He's really tight with Pedersen and Hughes and Besser. Like they're part of that like kind of young click. And so I'm wondering if from a roster construction standpoint, the team is looking at McEwen like if we ditch a guy that is beloved in the locker room again, are we going to fuck up team chemistry? Hence why a player like Jonah Gadjevich is expendable because they don't want a repeat of last season by ruining the internal chemistry. Just a theory. That it's is a complete, complete nonsense, but it's just the only thing I can go off of. Yeah, it's the only thing you can go. Yeah, like it's it, it, it's definitely possible just to give you guys a concept of what Zach McEwen's game was like tonight. And, you know, time and ice doesn't tell you everything, but in nine minutes and 36 seconds of ice time, Zach McEwen turned that into nine penalty minutes and uh, no shots on goal. Like couple hits that is <laughs> a that's block. a pretty that's a pretty clear example of he had 36 seconds of not being a penalty liability like and, and that nine minutes too isn't even nine minutes if you think about it because two minutes of that 936 was spent on the power play so that's only 736 five on, of five, five on five. five and then minus a minute of time spent on the pk so he played six and a half minutes at five v five that is maybe 10 or 15 seconds more than Carson Folk played. And Carson he Folk played 6'19 at 5v5. 
So what does that tell you? That, it's just a guy that's basically there for like morale. Yeah. I would say <laughs> this. Like I'll say this. I would be very surprised if if the 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 player that Canucks like like top players like the core group was gonna stick their neck out for on this sort of thing it would be zach McEwen. like that's kind of like i get that he's like friends with a good amount of the group and everything but i'd be i'd be like really surprised if like really that's that's the line you're drawing the sand where the, the where you're drawing the line in the sand here is on uh, this, sure on McEwen. It, realistically like, that's a though weird one that'd be a it, weird one it would be weird but i could definitely see like you know, because they always have their season interviews and they ask all the players like, you know, what do you think of, you know, this player, this player and whatever. If if he they have five of their core, like the guys that are now signed long term, Demko, Pedersen, Hughes, uh, Besser, all these guys are on their long term deals, except for Besser, who will need a new contract. But the core group, if all of them are saying, you know, I love being at the rink with Zach, like he's got such a great attitude. He works hard. He's come up from like, you know, he's got an incredible journey in hockey and I just love playing with him. I'm sure that would carry a lot of weight, even if like, they don't necessarily have to say like, don't ever trade this guy. But if they hear like some of the most important members of their team going to bat for him, yeah, it could carry quite a bit of weight. Just an it idea. Could. It could, it totally could. It's just going to be, it's, it'll be, it would be interesting to see if that conversation changes around the team, like say from like exit inter would have changed, say around exit interviews to now when they've added Oliver Ekman, Larson, Connor mm -hmm. Garland, Jason Dickinson, Vasily Podkolzin, like they've added all these other guys that you could argue are probably going to be just as important for like morale as, or more arguably more important for morale as McEwen. So it'll be interesting if that is like kind of where things went, mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to see how quickly that could say that like line of thinking could say, come out of like go out the window. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess that, I mean, that's enough sad and miserable kind of, uh, talk about. Well, the Canucks team. sort of, at least from the Canucks standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeez. It's what, been a what, rough day for new hockey news around here yeah. of late. We'll uh we won't hit hit this one too hard, but I forgot. Um, Yule Levy has not been dressed in the last two preseason games for the Canucks. Uh, quick thoughts from you? Um, I mean he's uh, he's going. To, I think he's going to Abbotsford. I, I I don't I don't see any way around that unless he magically learns how to play the right side. They're the right side of the do ice. You, do you think he would get claimed? Has okay. Has the Jonah Gadjevich claim? made you reconsider whether or not he would get claimed you a levy that is if thrown on waivers right now without like a big group around him with only you a levy it's i think a different story in the sense of like again this is the case of like guys who you talk about guys who've been given a lot of chances only you a levy has been given a lot of chances and it hasn't worked out so if they yeah. lost him on waivers like if they lost you a levy on waivers i would be a lot less like I'd be a lot less like, oh, you lost him for nothing. I'd be like, well, you tried. It didn't work. It wasn't a good fit. That happens. Like, that's, I I, I think it's, I don't, I honestly think the odds of him passing through are pretty good of mm -hmm. him getting to Abbotsford and not without a claim. Um, but even if he did, in his case, there's enough of an actual NHL sample size from him that I'm, 
I I kind of know what I'm getting, what we've gotten into here, and I know what that it's not going to really work necessarily uh, from this from for this team at least for the for the future. I don't know. Do you if you have a different opinion on that? No, I'm just kind of I'm laughing because I'm looking at the Canucks uh, expansion protection list that they gave to Seattle. You Levy's on it, and you know who else is on on it? Nate Schmidt. <laughs> oh geez they did get they did get recouped value for nate schmidt yeah they did it's just very uh, funny yeah it is very protect, funny to protect two guys that might legitimately not be on your roster yeah. like four months later they also Good exposed. Luck. they also exposed madison bowie who's arguably looked better than only Olafi in the preseason yeah i'm <laughs> that tells I'm, you something too like yeah, oh like the the third the third slot right side defenseman is just completely up in the air. It's you could it's a, it's a weirdly like intense battle. You could arguably give it to any one of the three guys competing. You could give it to Shen, Bowie, Burroughs, or even Brad Hunt if he Hunt. plays on his offside. Like all yeah. four of them are I would say Hunt would be the the number one choice, but we know uh Travis, Travis Green is not hates, like playing them on the right on opposite sides. Yes. So if you went with just the right shot defenseman like Burroughs, Bowie, or Shen, like I feel like Shen's at the bottom of the list at this point. I I arguably yeah. think it's like Burroughs and Bowie's spot to win. Which yeah. I, mean, I think Shen would have played today if it was if he was in the mix a little bit closer. I think he's yeah, and it's weird because you know what Kyle Burroughs is. Uh, Kyle Burroughs has played a lot in this preseason mm-hmm. like he's and they, he's looked okay like he hasn't looked he he hasn't looked amazing by any stretch but he also hasn't like completely looked like i am very out of my element here he looks okay like he's done all right in a couple pairings here with nhl guys yeah kind of like how rathbone's been getting like a really long look on the left side like they're giving burrows a huge look on the right side i think he's played the most games on the right side of like bowie yeah. and shen so they, that would they yeah. must be thinking like he might be something for them as an option. Yeah. Maybe. It's, it, yeah. And it, I will say with Rathbone, it's very funny. It's been very funny seeing the play and be like, wow, they're taking a, like a long look at Rathbone. And, and I'm like, and it's in one of those ways where it's like, well, he's going to make it though. So who cares? Like, ha ha ha. And then in the yeah. more game, it's like, okay, joke's over. He's, he's on the team, right? Like, like you're kind right, of guys? like, you're right. You're you're not you're not actually gonna send him down to, to Abbotsford, are you? Like, no. Then they, and then and then maybe they do, and it's just gonna be all all hell's gonna break loose. Rathbone had like an important game tonight. He played almost three minutes on the PK, and yeah, which is like any- a a big testament because if they can get, if oh my god, I almost made like a really bad uh, Phantom Menace behind the scenes joke. Um, cause if they can get Jack Rathbone working because he's a better defenseman than they've had on the third pair left side in a while, you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. No, I don't. Where, actually. where they're like, um, <laughs> if we can get Jar Jar Binks working cause he's a oh. funnier character we've had. Oh, you know no. talking about it's yes. okay, anyway, I'll send it I to don't, you but I'm now I'm interested <laughs> now. This is, this is star Wars. Star Wars talk is usually my thing. I'm surprised. Yeah. I don't know this. this we, we've depressed the audience enough with a uh, talk about a miserable Canucks team. That's looked just as bad as they were last year. Um, yeah. Misa so Jack Rathbone, you, you so bad, you so bad do do this time. Oh no. <laughs> just a, oh no. Just a, yeah. Oh no. And there's, and that's the uh, show, everybody. Sorry. That's the show everybody. Um, yeah. why don't we get into some NHL tidbits and then we'll yeah. uh, close out here? Cause yeah, 
some kind of funny stuff, some interesting stuff, some depressing stuff. Um, depressing stuff first. Uh, yes. Carrie Price is entering the NHL NHLPA assistance program. Yeah. Uh, we've obviously talked a we talked a lot about Carrie Price because of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, uh, BC boy, apparently I, that I remember in our show we were talking about how I could not believe had that Carrie Price was actually born in BC because he I'm he's so familiar um iconic synonymous in, with quebec yeah he yeah just montrealer that you would just assume he was born there or something he's born in yeah. the bell center yeah like the like well like because so many montreal goalies are like quebec guys like it's been like that long history of like you know you go back with like jacques plant uh yeah, you, yeah jose theodore like you, there's a whole uh patrick wah obviously like there's a whole list of them there and then mm -hmm. and it's so rare that like any of them like you, the every now and then you get the rare ken dryden or something yeah. who's not who's from ontario or, or like and then carrie price from bc like you don't like yeah. very much they've been a very pr they've been very proud of like their history of quebec born goaltenders yeah. so it kind of feels like every goalie that comes from there is through that system there so yeah, that probably plays into it too. But um, yeah. the Creasecast obviously began as a goalie centric uh, podcast. Yeah, we send our love to the Carey Price family. His wife had a very touching uh, Instagram post about how Carey was doing what's best for her and their kids. Um, so yeah, yeah. hopefully, hopefully he's okay. Like uh, there was a lot of like rumors before the season that he might be missing the season for injury related reasons i don't think anyone like this is the twist nobody saw coming and yeah it's a twist nobody really wanted to hear because that's yeah. that's awful carrie price yeah. is a very good dude and yeah. uh yeah i believe terrible. it was yeah i believe it was uh mike mckenna uh former goal former canuck goalie canuck uh, legend, yeah. on yeah canuck legend on on twitter talking about how or I, it might have been him might have been someone else or somebody basically was talking about how you know back in the day Back, like not that very frankly not that long ago um nhl players would not reach out for help they would not yeah. go like and again we don't know what it is and we're not going to speculate on what it is mm -hmm. um but you know like nhl players would not seek help uh especially not during the season like if they did it would be in the off season very quietly and no one would know so yeah. for an nhl player especially a player of the caliber of carrie price and with the aura and like the the like the star history of carrie price yeah for Someone him to with his presence and, to do this is like yes. very important for like the mental health community and just driving yeah. nothing like it's a mental health issue but just like driving yeah. like driving how, it, how it's okay, okay to ask for help for help yes especially in hockey which is a sport very much that's been built on this culture of you know raw raw like if you're if you're if you're if you're doing okay if you're uh playing hockey you should be and you you're you're soft if you're not like if you're not in full men like doing at your best right if you ask for help you're you're soft kind of thing and yeah. so to see that kind of that quickly getting pushed out the door yeah. is is good and it's important yeah. for the growth of the sport that you see you know that you see players not be afraid to ask for help when they need it so you know yeah we wish carrie price all the best hopefully he's doing okay and i'm sure he's obviously it's good he's doing the what's best for him he's doing what's best for his family and that comes before any hockey game um on the note of also furthering the game and changing it for progressive reasons um robin laner had his meeting with the nhl and the nhlpa um i guess they're he's not 
disclosing what happened publicly anymore mm-hmm. on Twitter, but behind closed doors, I'm assuming they are now addressing the severity and seriousness of sleep deprivation in the NHL. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, I mean, it's there- kind of interesting because wasn't it like, I don't know how many years ago it was, or maybe it was like a couple days ago. Who knows? Um, like Jonathan Taves or Corey Perry or some like really famous, like team Canada player was like, we need to overhaul uh, flights and travel. Well, and- that was the Canucks. The Canucks did that. Like they were a big part of that. The tw- the Mike Gillis era Canucks did a lot of uh, heavy lifting on um, like sleep science. Like that mm-hmm. was a big thing. If you've ever read the book, um, I know you have uh, for any listeners who read the uh, book by Bruce Dobigan, Ice Storm about Mike Gillis's era with the Canucks talking about like the sciences that they did where they specifically started changing when they fly when they flew out for games yeah uh, and doing stuff like that and uh when players were sleeping to make sure that they were getting like a better rest and they were more well equipped to handle games and it was supposedly mm-hmm. help them uh stay healthier for longer especially for a team like the Canucks that travels more than any other team in the NHL each season yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. I think very recently somebody talked about like, you know, especially like in the in the bubble year with teams only traveling to like six or seven cities, usually well within their time zone. Like yeah. players started talking about how, hey, we like this whole uh, going to games, only going and playing like two games in one city before moving on to the next thing. And the NHL, I think, co- incorporated that a little bit into their schedule this year where like you're noticing like the the home stands and the road trips are all kind of more like together like they Mm -hmm. very much tried to stitch all of them together to make it so that teams are flying less and they're uh spending more time longer time periods at home rather than doing the oh we're gonna fly out to calgary today come back play a game and enjoy enjoy playing chicago enjoy playing on uh one and a half hours sleep and uh and then get used to a flight right after your game's over I mean, hey, we just saw, uh, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but Jonathan Drouin just returned from the whole, from a whole serious issue yeah. of having major insom- insomnia problems and mm-hmm. uh, I believe some other health concerns as well. And that's yeah, why insomnia, he wasn't ins- with what was it? Insomnia. insomnia and anxiety yeah. relating to lack of sleep because of like the rigors and demands of the NHL yeah. schedule. He missed the entire Canadians cup run uh, because yeah. of that. And it's really great to see him back, but you're hoping mm-hmm. that uh, that means that the <laughs> NHL like is seeing the, saw the signs of the, like the, 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 the writing on the wall and is trying to make a more conscious effort of, Hey, we can't be flying guys out this with this kind of, at this kind of uh, like, uh, fever pitch you know and then and then did you see that joanne apparently had he caught covid and so now he's gonna miss like the next two weeks or oh, something geez. like that like oh, oh what a tough tough break what a horrible horrible break and man, it, i i hate that joanne and price are on the canadians because this is where you would normally say like man that organization can't catch a break huh yeah but it's like fuck Shea the Weber. Canadians. Yeah, and also you Shea know? Weber in there too. He's also not start I don't think he's playing at all this season. He is also dealing yeah. with some some issues. So it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, but it's after one the of those Mayu cases, pick, you're like ugh. It really leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Like yeah. yeah. I think it's very much this is very much a case of like you feel it's it, this is all about the players. You feel yeah, for, for sure. the players and the players exclusively and their teammates who they consider friends, you know? Yeah. Like that's who you feel for in this scenario. You don't feel yeah. for 
you know, the management necessarily. You feel for the people, like the players involved in hoping mm -hmm. that they're that they come back healthy and that they come back when they're ready to come back more than anything yeah. else. Um, well, I guess on the note of players that might not be coming back, uh, oh boy, the Jack Eichel it's update. <laughs> Um, I guess it's supposed to be like going for it. Like there's supposed to be some push for it. I guess the Sabres like sent his medical file to teams to kind of like kind of Steve Simmons, <laughs> just Steve Simmons, uh, to, uh, to kind of move the situation along and kind of, uh, at least hopefully bring it to a conclusion. Cause right now, like Jesus, this is awful. What a like what's going wreck. on? Like, this is clearly a case of a team like that is it honestly lost its mind. Like the Sabres, yeah. the fact that the Sabres have not moved him and are also not letting him get his damn surgery is asinine. It's very much, it's, 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 it seems personal at this point. Yeah. Like it really just seems like this is a personal. Like it's very, like, stripping him, like when they stripped him of the captaincy, right? It was like, okay, was that really what necessary? A, like a, what a stupid thing to do. Like, it's just yeah. a, you feel like literally, and this is another case where it's like, you don't feel bad for the team and like the, the management or ownership. At yeah. all in this case who you feel for is jack a jack eichel because god he needs his surgery let him get yeah. his damn surgery uh you feel for the players who are kind of getting caught in the loot in the in the middle of this here and then you feel for the fans in buffalo who have literally sat and watched just the worst <laughs> hockey for the last decade and now they're managed their like pathetic management team can't move a player who should have an insanely high asset value if they you know again let him get a fucking surgery. Like that's uh, it. That's all they need to do. It's what, it's really sad. It's I, just it, awful. Was it them? There was like a really funny media person tweet. I don't know if it was them or not, but it was like um, the 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 goaltending battle is over. Your starter and backup for this year will be Craig Anderson and Dustin and, Tukarski. And you're like, was and then it like Tukarski? people are like, oh, because Aaron so. Dell, they signed their big ticket was Aaron Dell. In case yeah. you didn't remember, that I, was their big goalie signing was Aaron Dell. I feel like they waived Aaron Dell. I'm they pretty did. sure they did. They waived him today. So he's, <laughs> he is going, I did. I, I knew that Craig Anderson was one of them. And honestly, Good for Craig Anderson. He's in his 40s and doing, like, good for him. He's a very solid, like, backup goaltender at this point in his career. So, like, good for him. Yeah. But Dustin Tukarski. Poor, poor Buffalo. I, I did not realize until this week. I um, If you guys remember, or maybe this, honestly, this was last week, actually. Uh, last week when Cody came over to record one of the uh, one of our episodes, uh, it was also happened to be the night of, uh, I believe, NHL doing, like, the NHL on TNT doing its, like, its preview preseason game. Yeah, that's right. And I and and the the and they show a cut of like oh like flyers going to the net uh pucked in front oh and the Bruins goalie stops in it's like oh and that's a save by Le uh, Linus Allmark and I'm like wait what they lost wait the Sabers lost Linus Allmark he was their yeah. one good goalie he was the one had. good goalie they had and they lost him like jeez what wait, a was rough it? go oh maybe think of someone else i was trying like wasn't wasn't allmark the one that got traded and then like some executive was quoted being like linus allmark will never be an nhl goaltender he sucks uh i don't know that's it, a great it, he question. got traded to colorado or something and then he went to colorado played it like three games and had like a 900 save percentage and made the executive look like an idiot i don't think that I was, think was i think that but... might have been pavel france maybe pavel Francois, who's now injured god we didn't even like the uh, avalanche it, speaking of goaltending problems it's been a, a weird injury goalies. 
it's going to be a, yeah, it's a bad episode for goalies. Next week, uh, we'll try and keep things lighter for goaltenders. Jeez, yeah. they're in a rough spot. It's, it's tough to keep things light. So I'm going to blaze through this next news item. So we get into the fun. We're going to end on a funny note, folks. Don't worry. Yes. Hank, bear with okay. us. Okay. Um, last bit of bad news. We're going to glaze over it quickly. Uh, Evander Kane investigated by the league for providing the San Jose Sharks with a fake vaccination card. So he's uh, having a banger of an off season. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's just a. Uh, this is why they got Gatchevich. players who've gotten so many chances and just keep proving that's a mistake. Yeah. Jeez. Like, and I, again, you have, uh, I don't even know what to do with, with that at this point. Like yeah. it's investigation, Next. like, like the third investigation in the last like it's month like for fifth, Evander Kane. It's like his fifth ongoing investigation in the past like three months. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, that's, um, it's just, uh, it's just a, bummer all right so then olympic stuff lastly olympic stuff the fun stuff can't the uh teams were required or olympic teams were required to submit three players uh from all the like the major nations canada chose mcdavid crosby and alex petrangelo um which is kind of odd right like petrangelo is a bit odd but well, I mean, so here's the thing, I guess this is what I've been, what I've heard essentially is that it's not like, so it's not that these guys are necessarily guaranteed on the team. Well, the idea the is that, guys, yes, they right? are, is like, yes, they are. It's for two reasons. One, I guess there's like a, there's, I believe some sort of like drug testing thing involved with it where they need to like put together a whole list of like 50 players or something in the next little oh, while who are eligible to make the team that have to go through all of like these like uh protocols for the Olympics and everything mm-hmm. uh this time around or what have you. Um, and then also so they can like say start marketing uh around those players before the Olympics because it's not that far away from now already. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of like the idea of why everyone's naming like three players already. The idea is that, you know, you name the three guys who you think are almost guaranteed to make the team. And, uh, Petrangelo yeah. is a little odd in terms of like, I mean, if you wanted to go for star power, I guess you, maybe you go with like, um, uh, like I would go with obviously like McKinnon or Nathan McKinnon instead or something, but I guess maybe mm-hmm. they had to name a defenseman. Like that's my thought process is I guess they had to name a defenseman and he, that's fine. Yeah, the, I was I was trying to look into the three names, and I was like, did every team have to do two forwards and a defenseman, or like one defenseman, one goalie, one def- uh, forward? But like, no, it just seems to be like whatever three first came to mind. I guess it's uh, Which, Doug, it's Doug Armstrong, former Blues GM. So that yeah. that that I think feeds very well into why Petrangelo's there. Yes, I have a feeling the guy who won a cup because of Alex Petrangelo might have a bias in wanting him on his team. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Roberto Luongo can uh, shore up that defense for uh, team Canada. That's, it's not the uh, worst. Yeah. It's, it's not the worst pick in the world, but it's just like, no, God, no. all... like you would probably make the Like you would make the team. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's a given frame. But when it's like, when you think of like your top three, like Canadian players, like he's not, it's just kind of near. odd. And yeah, it's, it's odd in the sense of like, are there not, is there not a, def- like, it's one of those, it's not so much that it's a, like, crazy off the board it's one of those am i forgetting someone pick like it's one of yes. those like, did i miss it is there isn't there like one defenseman better mm-hmm. that i can't think of right now yeah like, that's it's one of those picks that is. makes you like forget every single player in the league and you're like that can't be all there is i mean honestly like i'm thinking back to the last time uh nhlers did can it did were played in an international tournament that would have been the world cup in 2016 i thinking back to it 
I'm pretty sure their top defense was like Brent Burns, who's not the same player he was he was at that mm-hmm. point, and Jay Weber. I, yeah, Shea Maybe. Weber. Yeah, that would have been it. Two guys who are definitely not here anymore. Maybe Canada's yeah. just kind of moving in a different sp- direction with the defense now. Because yeah. yeah, like thinking back to it, yeah, I guess Petrangelo is the best one they've got right now. That makes yeah. it. It's which, and I guess that makes sense because again, that's six years ago. Like that was a yeah. long time. It Felt doesn't look like, like it, but um, yeah, I mean the Petrangelo pick isn't that bad because Team USA they picks they picked Seth Jones. Sure. And then Patrick Kane and Matt Austin Matthews, like whatever. I get it's, it. It's 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 very much a uh, like it's, it's a Stan it, Bowden choice who should not be running this fucking team anyway, given the uh, extensive allegations against his organization that yeah, he was in charge of. You know, we won't get into it again because it's already been a bummer of an episode. But uh, yeah. maybe look at the history of all three of those players in terms of yes. uh, certain things they've either done or said. It is. Yeah. Like on Instagram, Wild. Or existing charges, like it's just a team of terrible people. Which, which yeah, which ones have anti-vax parents? Yeah. Like you, who who's to say? Who's yeah. to say? Just uh, awful. Sweden's just team. Sweden's team was interesting because it was like the same thing as like Team Canada. I read Victor Hedman, Gabe Landeskog, and Mika Zibanejad, and I was like, were Landeskog and Zibanejad really the first two you would? like come to mind first yeah again yeah. we might have to do literally like a like side by side between this and like the 2016 team because like again yeah. last time the sedines were available obviously they were at that tournament uh louis erickson was much better <laughs> at that time although actually hey louis erickson's hey, on resurgence his he has three season, goals. he's definitely get, making the team are you kidding Antoine roussel had a goal tonight too did you see that oh that no was, i didn't good for him he did Antoine Roussel had a goal uh juicy perfect um what, what if this season is just like the the ex Canucks revenge tour. And so like Dolan, Gadjevich, Roussel, Erickson, they McCann. all have unbelievable Godet. They all have like Gadjevich. unbelievable seasons. Yeah. They all <laughs> just come back to Schmidt. haunt them. Like that all-star team, that all-star team would be wild. Be Markstrom, obviously to Foley, <laughs> like, Oh, Stetcher, the list goes oh. on. I mean, here's the thing. We could do that for every player. Like every yeah. team has history, but like, it's just mm-hmm. so weird. Like some of the, because some of the ways that they've like ended on terms with those players is just the wild. terms that they ended on all of these players are so shrouded in And like, to see them like go on and immediately be good in other places. is just like, Hmm, like, yeah. it's just a, hmm, what did okay. you do there? What yeah. you do How for the last? How'd this yeah. get ruined? Where did this come from? Like, yeah. And yeah, Sweden's in that spot too. What's also, I guess, kind of weird is, well, Maybe it's not that weird, but Elias Pettersson, is he not there yet? I guess not. Like, I guess he's not like the first, like you look at these, I see why like, Zibana, is this the, like is this the first, but this must be like the first ballot or something kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's very much that it's very much the, this is a guaranteed luck to make the team or as close yeah. to one as you can humanly get right now, uh, five months out. Like it is, but I am kind of like, I guess, like, I guess Patterson's still got a ways to go. Like, all these guys have obviously been in the league much longer, but I am mm-hmm. kind of like, there's not really like a guy where I'm like, oh, he is a generational talent. It's all a lot of guys who are very good, just not yeah. say like maybe elite top of their class, except for Hedman. Hedman is obviously Hedman. in a class of his own. Like, he's yeah. a great defenseman. Yeah. Um, Czech Republic, no questions. It's like, three stars of their nation. Yeah. No, like, that's the one the one trio where I'm like, yep, yep I get it. Yep. Everything and, checks out there. And Finland too, for that matter, like yep. Aho, Barkov, Rantanen, like they mm-hmm. went 
they pick like young stars too. Like they didn't yeah. pick like, you know, like Hedman, obviously like he's on the older side, Landis Gog, Zabanjad, like, like vets that are proven winners, but Finland, they're just like, Nope, we're going, we're going young and fucking awesome. I feel Aho, like Finland, Barkov, Brandon, like that's a great yeah. trio. I feel like Finland always like recently has done a very good job at like bringing in the, like the younger guys and not going necessarily for like the old vets. And maybe that's partially just due to the fact that like some of their most legendary players were Teemu Solani and Saku Koivu guys who aged out. So mm -hmm. they kind of had to go through the re the rebuilding process, I guess with yeah, that cause, group. Cause, cause I think like, the Finns are just trending younger a little bit at this, at this current today's hockey NHL right say, now. Cause there was that period where it was kind of like, like everyone on their team was like 37 or older. Yes. And like then that, that last suddenly, team was old group. Old. Yeah. Group. Like Solani was what? 42 at the time. Yep. Solani was old. I think Koivu was still on that team. Like yeah. maybe just, or maybe had just retired recently. Uh, I think Sammy Sallow was on the team. Maybe like yeah. there's a, like, yeah, they've, they've, they've had to do a lot of like bring in a lot of younger guys. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think, um, and that's not even factoring in say like, uh, Obviously, Patrick Laine is obviously probably in that conversation. Uh, the goaltending side of things is usually pretty solid. Although, actually, now although now that I think about it, the last time Finland sent to go like the last Finland tandem was Pekarine, who's retired, and and Rask. and Rask, who's injured. So that'll be interesting. I don't know who their goalies are right now. Probably like, if, you say Saros, maybe maybe still Saros Rask finish? if he gets on the Saros team. Finish? I didn't, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah, I guess so. I guess, uh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, that might, that's probably it. That's probably, uh, he might be the guy right now. Yeah. So no I, Russia, I, interestingly, I, didn't see yeah, that was a bit weird. There. Well, and maybe that's actually, because they're still technically suspended. I think yeah, by the Olympics, they're like, banned uh, for like the Olympic 10 years or Russia. whatever. So something they nuts. don't have, they really paid. They really paid for that for 2014. This is going back to 2014. Like they really yeah. paid for it. And they've kept not learning the same mistakes over and yeah. over again. Just clearly still doing the same thing and getting away with yeah. it. <laughs> it's going to be very weird when I have to watch. Like it was one thing watching the one year that there were no NHLers seeing Olympic athletes from Russia. Cause it's like Frank, it was like, frankly, somehow this is fitting. Like somehow this is exactly fitting, but, yeah. all, but then now it's going to be like Alex Ovechkin playing under the olympic athletes from russia yeah it's gonna be interesting odd. yeah it's gonna be an odd it's gonna be an odd mix of guys with sergey babarovsky but you know us guys we're all about the odd mix of guys that's why we added one more to our roster with jacob new he's not with us but if you want to see more of jacob you want to see more of this odd mix up of guys you got yeah. cody sievertson you can follow me at Cody Sievertson on Twitter, my website, ahlnuxharvest.com. Also on Instagram under that same handle. Lachlan, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lachlan the Crease. You can also find me on, on my website, lachlanthecrease.com, where I post articles from time to time and uh, on Locked on Canucks, which I do with Nick Body Monday to Friday. Hell yeah. Uh, you can always find our stuff on every podcast platform. Recommend it to all your friends. Give us five stars. Leave us some reviews. We also have our YouTube channel. That's YouTube Creasecast. Uh, every single podcast episode uploaded in YouTube format. You can see my gross um, elbow. Or sorry, that's not my elbow. Shoulder scar <laughs> that I got the other day. I uh, stood up into a block of wood and peeled off like eight layers of skin. Oh, God. Yeah. So that was really what fun. A, 
What a way to end. What a yeah. what a what a visual what a visual to yeah. end on here. Picture that, children. Picture the yeah. gushing blood. It's very for it was five, very Squid Game, frankly. For, oh. squ- God, oh my God, the Squid Game references that I do not understand as someone who has not watched it. Um, oh, yeah, watch it. It, you can if you want less in uh, less gross injury talk. Go well or more uh, depending <laughs> on who's on who's yeah. hosting. Uh, go to our Patreon for five bucks a month. You get bonus podcasts. We're getting back into swinging things. Like I said, there was going to be a new off the post today until our broadcast, uh, setup, uh, crashed on us. Uh, but we're going to work on getting a new one out, uh, redoing it essentially, uh, tomorrow or Saturday, getting that out to you before, uh, say Canadian Thanksgiving. Uh, so go check out that as well. Yeah. Thanks guys for uh, tuning in. This is a fun episode to record and we will catch you on the flippity flippity Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>